After another day without Phillies baseball, very excited to have the Phillies back in action tonight down at Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies return home after a successful mini road trip, winning four of five on the road, winning five of six in total, taking two of three from the Pirates and then sweeping the two-game series in Detroit. The Phillies return home for what is no doubt about it. We've said this many times this year, but it is just a fact in this situation. The biggest series of the season begins tonight down at Citizens Bank Park. Phillies, Braves, we will preview that series and dive into it all as well as continuing to look ahead to the upcoming trade deadline and a whole lot more. This is Phillies Damn Heroes, James Seltzer. It is Friday July the 26th, as we come off the second straight, our second off day this week for the Philadelphia Phillies. Off Monday, off yesterday, two games in between. They sweep the Detroit Tigers. Maybe not the prettiest series, maybe not the most entertaining to watch series. You could even say definitely not the most entertaining to watch series, but ultimately, we needed the Philadelphia Phillies to go into Detroit and take both games. And guess what? They made it happen. It took 15 innings for the first one and an incredibly boring four to nothing win for the second one. But the Phillies get it done. Massively important. Now 54 and 48 on the season, which you might not have known this, but through 102 games back in 2008, your world champion Philadelphia Phillies were. 54 and 48. Let's go back 18 years before that in 1980. Your world champion Philadelphia Phillies threw 102 games. 54 and 48. They're winning the World Series this year. Uh, no, but it is a fun little coincidence and also shows you that, uh, you know, it's early in the season to, to worry too much about, uh, you know, not having the chance to win it all, but having said that, of course, those teams were not quite as far back in the division at this time and whatnot, and you know different seasons and all that. But it's a fun little thing that uh, to to cite. Obviously, it does not mean the Phillies are going to win the World Series, but um, it does mean that uh, the Phillies are are in it right now. And and again, I, I think they are not a World Series club this year, as I've said many times. But fun to think about. And look, they are a team with playoff aspirations and a team that can make the playoffs and look that's the crazy thing about this series with the Braves is if for some reason some way they can find something special and, and sweep the series all of a sudden only two and a half games back of the Braves and all of a sudden the NLE's back in play though the Washington Nationals do keep winning baseball games as well but ultimately, um, just a massive series. We'll dive into that series coming up. We'll break it down from every angle. As again, it is the most important series of the season for this Phillies team. But first, just uh, another quick roundup of the trade deadline coming up. We've talked a lot about what Matt Klintak had to say uh, on Tuesday in Detroit, kind of poo-pooing a little bit the idea that the Phillies would make any significant moves prior to next Wednesday's MLB trade deadline. But I'm a big believer in taking everything a general manager or a president anyone says at this time of year with a grain of salt, a large grain of salt, as it is um, often they are uh, you know not telling the media everything they truly believe or truly know, nor should they. 
Um, but I think it's going to be really interesting. Look, we've talked a lot about the, the trade deadline and what the Phillies could do, what they might do, what they need to do. And I think look, we all know that right now they need another starting pitcher. And the question is, are they going to go out and get someone who is a legitimate starting pitcher? We've heard them attached to uh, some significant names, the biggest names that they've been attached to. And through reports by major reporters, and again, this is all, again, you know, grain of salt time of the year, but they've been attached to Matthew Boyd. Obviously, we talked about that, started against them on Tuesday. Left-handed pitcher, mid-90s, uh, average fastball velocity, just a little under 92. Someone who doesn't have wipeout stuff, but is someone who, with deception and two really good pitches, is able to um, obviously have success. A lot of strikeouts this year, not many walks. You love the strikeout-to-walk rate, but uh, I think with Matthew Boyd, the worry is that with three years of team control left past this season at an incredibly affordable rate, it seems like from all reports the Tigers are asking for the moon, the stars, and the sun for Matthew Boyd, and I don't know if the Phillies want to go all in on a guy who, again, I think he's good. I just don't know if he's really good. I don't know if Matthew Boyd is someone who you can count on to be a lockdown number two for you for the next three seasons. You like him. He's certainly better than anything else you have besides Aaron Nola right now, but I think the cost of getting Boyd because of those years of control might make it less of a smart move for this Phillies team. We'll see. And and also, look, the, the, the cost is not what it's being reported to be. Then, obviously, I think you get a guy like that who does have t- three years of team control. is certainly a valuable guy to get. Granted, 28 years old, late bloomer. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. The other names that they're attached to, I think maybe a little more likely from certain angles, Mike Miner, Robbie Ray, Trevor Bauer, and Zach Granke are the other big names they've been attached to, and Marcus Stroman, excuse me. So there are six guys, and the, the key is that they're all under team control past this season. Everyone except Granke only has one year left. Granke's got a couple years left. Granke is a, a different one from the others in the sense that it looks like all you have to do is take on the salary. You don't have to give as much up to get Grenke. It is a massive salary the next few years, $35 million a year, but Grenke's still one of the better pitchers in the National League this season and last season. Still a great pitcher. Um, someone who may be not the best fit for the city. Um, he did pitch in LA, which is a big city, but it is a different type of feel out there. Not as you know intense a fan base and... Um, when you look at Philadelphia, we're, we're you know, look, we don't, we don't mince words. We're tough, we're intense, and we like it that way. And Granky, someone who's talked about his anxiety, has talked about not loving big cities and all that type of stuff. So um, they'll have to convince Granky to want to come here. And I think that makes it a tougher thing to have happen. Personally, of all the guys that I just mentioned, all those names, I think Granky's the one I'd want the most strictly for the reason that you'd have to give up the least to get him. I have no problem with the Phillies paying money. Do it. Pay money. You're only the 13th highest salary uh, team salary in baseball. Pay more money. All for that. You can afford it. I'd much rather get a guy who just costs money rather than a haul of assets and prospects. But I think that Granky has no. I know that Granky has no trade with Philly on it, so it's going to be a question of whether he'd be willing to waive it, and I'm not sure he would. So that leaves us with the other four guys: Marcus Stroman, Mike Miner, Robbie Ray. Trevor Bauer. Bauer connected to the Phillies recently. Apparently, they have discussed a Trevor Bauer deal. Bauer, very volatile personality. Obviously, he's a bit of a... um, A lot of people feel he's a bit of a jerk. He comes off as a bit of a jerk the way he goes about his business online, all that type of stuff. But um, he's a heck of a pitcher. 
Trevor Bauer is a really, really talented pitcher, has some of the best pitches in baseball in his arsenal, and someone whose stuff will absolutely play in October. Someone who I think of all these guys gives you the best chance to win a playoff game. I think he's probably right now, today, the best pitcher of the six we've mentioned. Um, And look, I do think the fact that he is a volatile personality, the fact that he has said that once his contract is up after next season, he wants to sign one-year deals from then on and be a mercenary. Uh, these types of things could limit his trade value, potentially, and, and I think for good reason. And it, and it does also raise the question of whether they, you, know, you want to foster a good clubhouse here. It feels like the Phillies are trying to do that. That is something they're aware of They that matters to them, especially after last season. So I, I don't know if Trevor Bauer is a fit from a clubhouse perspective. I think that's something they can answer. They have to answer. But from a on-the-field perspective, Trevor Bauer makes you better, period. And he's a guy who can go win you a playoff game, legitimately. He could win you a wild-card game if no laughs to pitch you in on the last day of the season to get into a wild-card game. You could throw Trevor Bauer in that game and have a real good chance to win it, feel like you have a real good chance to win it. So I think Bauer's a really interesting name. I think it all comes down to the off-the-field personality stuff. And, of course, the everything comes down to what the Phillies have to give up to get a guy. But I do think that Bauer makes a lot of sense from a, a on-the-field perspective. And the other three guys who I think are probably the most like I think Robbie Ray, the next least likely of the group, just because I don't know if Arizona is definitely going to move him or not. But a really talented lefty, uh, controlled through next year as well. Um, a lot of strikeouts, talented guy, few too many walks, but I really like Robbie Ray. But if I had to bet on the Phillies ending up with one of these six guys, the two names that I think are the most likely are Mike Miner and Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman, of all these guys, is the most likely to get traded. It seems pretty clear that the Blue Jays are going to trade Marcus Stroman, and the Phillies have been in on him. I think they like the way he goes about his business. Um, Obviously, we know they've talked about wanting a lefty at times, but uh, not a lefty, a righty, but someone who pitches with emotion, someone you could see pitching in October, Um, very talented, having a nice year. So I think Stroman is a really interesting name. Uh, The worry with Stroman is that I think there are a lot of teams in on Stroman. The Blue Jays have made it very clear they are moving Marcus Stroman, so there will be a bigger market for Stroman. So um, Phillies, it it could get expensive. And look, there are other opportunities with the Stroman deal in the sense that they also have two relievers, Ken Giles, we know well, and Daniel Hudson, who are are both arms who could help the Phillies as well if they want to do that type of trade. I know with the Matthew Boyd deal, there's been a lot of talk of Shane Green being included in a Matthew Boyd deal as someone who, you know, a team could get both a starter and a closer out of that deal, and that is certainly something the Phillies should be looking to do because we know we don't feel great with this bullpen, and uh, sadly, over the last month or so, we felt a lot great about Hector Neris at the back end of it, so um, I think that's something they should be looking into, but ultimately, I think Stroman, if I had to bet, ends up going to uh, uh, the Yankees or someone like that. Um, and Miner's an interesting name as well. We've we've heard the Phillies attached to Miner for a while. You know, even last season, there was talk of a Mike Miner potential trade for the Phillies. The offseason, we heard it. So it's a name that they've obviously been in on for a while. And I think a really interesting name. I, I think he makes a lot of sense. A left-handed starter, someone who with the Rangers starting to fall out of it, very likely to get moved. I think after Stroman, the most likely name to get moved on this list, someone who I think that he's a little bit less of a sure thing than Stroman. And thus, I think that maybe the market for him a little bit less um, robust. He's a little older than Stroman, a little less accomplished. 
So I think that's um, I think Mike Miner is the name that makes the most sense to me. If they're going to make a move for someone who's signed through next season, Miner makes a lot of sense. But ultimately, I think we all know they need a starter. And whether it's one of these six guys or they go out and get a Tanner Roark or a Jeff Samarger or someone who's you know not going to move the needle as much, but someone who comes in and at least gets Vincent Velasquez out of the rotation or whatever it is. And I know Vinny had a good outing against Detroit. Let's not get carried away. Detroit, the worst team in baseball. I, there were like three guys in that line I've never even heard of, and all I do is watch baseball. So um, I, I take that with a grain of salt and even still couldn't get through six innings for what it's worth. But um, I think ultimately it, it's going to be really interesting to see whether you know all the bluster, all the talk beforehand about not really going for it. Um, I think that really applies to, to guys who are rental-type deals, but... In this case, I think there is the opportunity that a guy like, uh, you know, maybe they do make a move for someone like a minor or, or someone like a Roark or a Samarja, and they don't go for that that big name type of guy. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And um, look, a- again, I think it's also interesting in the sense that this series coming up here will be a real factor in what they decide to do. I mean, there's more information with which to make decisions. If you can find a way to win two of three or win three, sweep the Braves all of a sudden, that kind of has to inform what Klintak does, right? He has to look at it and say, oh, well, maybe there is a better chance we don't just get the wild card. Maybe this team can contend for the division, and then all of a sudden it's a different ballgame. So it's going to be massive. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And uh, we're obviously going to keep our eyes very tightly trained on all this stuff. And again, look, they need a starter, but they also need relievers too, whether it's a closer or not. But, you know, I've mentioned a lot of names on this show. Shane Green, Ken Giles, we mentioned. Daniel Hudson, a guy like Michael Givens with the Orioles or Alex Colomb with the White Sox or guys who won't cost too much to get but could come in and make a difference in this bullpen. There are, there are a lot of guys out there. Uh, Sam Dyson, Tony Watson, like there are guys who aren't closers who could still help this team. Um, from a bullpen perspective. So it's going to be really interesting. Klentak, a, a big uh, a big, um, a big big job here, a very complicated job, and you're weighing a lot of factors. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And again, how this series with the Brave affects it. As uh, Again, we are you know six days, five days away, four days away. It's Wednesday, next Wednesday, four days away. Um, five days away, four days away, however you call it, from the trade deadline. And what happens the three games this weekend against Atlanta and then the two games prior to the deadline or the one game really prior to the deadline against the Giants will play a role as well. It's going to matter as uh, every little bit of information they can have should make a difference for what they decide to do and, and how they gauge this team's chances. So it's going to be massive. And obviously we will be talking about the deadline and the effects and what happens nonstop moving up until then. So, um, But again, that's why this series is so huge. That's why this series against the Braves matters so much. It's not just the division race. It's not just that they're fighting for a wild card. It's that it can inform decisions about how they shape this team. And look, ultimately, Klintak has to add pitching next season too, right? I mean, the staff isn't good enough. We know that. So why wait? You know, this offseason, Garrett Cole is the only really good big pitcher on the market, and he's going to get a lot of money. And maybe the Phillies want to give it to him. Maybe they don't. But... They have to add, and now is as good a time as any in my mind, so uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. All right, we've talked a lot about the importance of this series. Let's dive into it. Coming up next, we're going to look ahead to this weekend series, the pitching matchups, what the Braves have been doing, how the Braves are, and kind of the whole situation here heading in to this series. So all that and more coming up in just a minute. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up this weekend, just a 
Massive, massive series against the Atlanta Braves. Biggest series of the season as the Phillies and Braves will square off. The Phillies currently sitting five and a half games behind the Atlanta Braves. So if they can sweep, they're two and a half back, which again, you know, I know that's a lot to ask, but crazier things have happened. So Friday night tonight, Jake Arrieta against Mike Soroka. Soroka, of course, having an outstanding season as a 21-year-old for the Braves. Arietta has pitched pretty well since the Bones Furs. I've been impressed with what Arietta's done. Uh, toughing this out, two nice outings. Has not been able to go deep in games, but hey, he's been good. Uh, maybe the Bones Furs, um, you know, kind of limiting him, can keeping him within himself more, whatever it is that's been working. Um, Saturday, Zach Eflin against Max Freed. That is a definitive advantage for the Braves. Freed, a really talented young left-hander. Zach Eflin has been a disaster for the last month. Last five starts in the area over nine, the whole heavy body thing. I'm actually, honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't move Eflin out and pitch Smiley. Um, they moved Nola up to Sunday to face Kevin Gaussman. Obviously, I said that on yesterday's show that they hadn't done it yet. I was shocked they hadn't. It makes so much sense to put Nola on regular rest and have him pitch in the most important series. Luckily, they're going to do that. So Nola against Gaussman, that's a definitive advantage for the Phillies on Sunday. But I'm surprised they they kept Eflin in here. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Hopefully, hopefully Eflin can find something here in a, in a massive series against a better pitcher in Max Fried to, you know, kind of start to, you know, get back to being the Zach Eflin that we saw for a long stretch of the season earlier. So, um, those are the pitching matchups. Again, I think you, you feel good about Nola against Gaussman. Otherwise, I think the Braves have the advantage in the other two, though. Arietta's pitched better lately, so hopefully he can take on Freed and you know maybe uh, give them a chance to win. The Braves, from a, a lineup perspective, just a, a really stacked, talented lineup. Uh, certainly have been more productive than the Phillies this season. Um, looking around the horn, Brian McCann has had a really nice season for them, catching Tyler Flowers as well, has been solid as a you know, one-two kind of punch there. Freddie Freeman, a, a stud at first base, as we know, having a classic Freddie Freeman is awesome type season. Ozzy Albies, not a flash in the pan. He's been great at second base, doing a great job offensively. Just a really good young player. Josh Donaldson at third, getting hot for the Braves. He's been playing great baseball lately. That's a worry as well. Dansby Swanson is having a somewhat breakout year at shortstop. And then you got uh, Ronald Cunha in the outfield, who's a super stud and is having an awesome, awesome season there as well. Um, and then uh, uh, Austin Riley, who has uh, came up white hot, has struggled a ton lately. So you're not as scared of Riley as you were before, but um, certainly there is talent there. And then Nick Markakis having another Nick Markakis-like season as you go through. But when you look at some of these offensive numbers, I mean, Acuna just – Having an awesome season, 292 with 24 home runs and 22 stolen bases. He is on his way to 30, 30, maybe 40, 40 at this pace. Acuna having a studly type of season as expected, only 21 years old. Josh Donaldson, again with this recent hot streak, is having a great season. Donaldson with 23 home runs on the year, batting 259. But the other numbers are there, a 376 on base, a 520 slugging. He's been really good for them. Freddie Freeman, as I mentioned. Awesome for them. Batting 303 with a 388 OBP and a 563 slugging. Freddie Freeman is just too good. Ozzy Albies, I mean, 284 average, 342, 469. It's just across the board. The lineup has been so much better than this Phillies lineup. It is frustrating when you look at these numbers and you look at this team and say, why can't the Phillies do that? As we thought they would, we thought the lineup would be 
just as good, if not better, than than this uh, Braves lineup as the uh, kind of season was getting going. And this Braves lineup has just been much better. And this is a big spot. This is a big, big spot for this Phillies team. They're home. They've been a better home team than road team. That is helpful. But, man, man, if they can find a way, obviously, even to it, you can only ask for two or three. Let's not get silly here. We want them to sweep. It would be amazing if they sweep. Again, they'll only be two and a half back if they sweep. But um, even if they can win the series, just take two or three. I think it does so much for this team moving forward. I think as you're heading into the trade deadline we talked about, just makes a massive difference in the way they go about their business. And um, and then again, I think for confidence and all that. And look, the Phillies are five and a half back in the division, but still right there in the wild card. They are one game back of the St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago Cubs who are now tied for the NL Central lead. One game back of the second wild card and only a game back behind that of the, the Nationals. They're not far back of either of those teams. They are right in it. The Brewers a game behind them. The uh, Diamondbacks and Giants are right behind them, three and a half back of the second wild card. And then everyone else has just fallen by the wayside. It was such a glut before, but the Padres are seven back of it now. The Rockies are eight back. And the Rockies, Mets, and Reds are all eight back. The Rockies have just totally been a disaster and fallen way, way out of it as they are a mess right now. Pirates nine out. The the Marlins, of course, are just done 16 out of that wild card. So it, it, while there are still a lot of teams in it, it's starting to separate. It's starting to separate more than it was before. You know, before we talked about all those teams, the Diamondbacks, the Padres, the Rockies, the Reds, the Pirates, all those teams were in it. They're falling out. We're starting to get a little bit of separation, and the Phillies have found a way to stay in it. They're not out of it yet, which is massive. And this series is huge. This series is so massively important. Again, if they can, and again, we're, we're in, you know, dreamland here, but if they can find a way to sweep, they're only two and a half back in the division all of a sudden. Granted, the Nats just keep winning games too, but... Um, it just makes such a difference for this team. And, and again, we've talked so much. If, if they can just get a little bit better play from guys like Romito and guys like Harper and Segura, I mean, they can be a dangerous team offensively. And then if they can find a way to win this series and then Klentak says, all right, let's go get a guy, someone who signed past this year but can help us now, you know, all of a sudden if you've got Aaron Nolan, Mike Miner, or Aaron Nolan, Trevor Bauer, and you, you add a little bullpen help and Jay Bruce comes back and you know, all of a sudden – you feel pretty good about this team. Again, not that they're going to beat the Dodgers or they're going to get to the World Series and beat a team like the Astros or the Yankees. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that they can make the playoffs. They can make some noise. And again, I think that is so crucially important. This team hasn't made the playoffs since 2011. It's a young team with guys who haven't been there before. This is a real opportunity. For them to make some noise and to kind of put themselves on the map and to really set themselves up for next year too, to get those playoff reps, to get those September reps, to be ready for when they're really ready to try and win a World Series. So um, massive series this weekend. Starts tonight, Arietta on the hill. Uh, look, I've had my issues with Jake Arietta this year. I think we all have. But the last couple starts since the Bone Spurs uh, have been good. He's been solid. Not a lot of innings, but he's kept them in games, only allowing one run the last two starts. And he's a guy that was brought here to pitch big games. And granted, he has not had that feel, but this is a big game. It's a big start. A massive start for Arietta. His biggest start as a Philly. It's his biggest start as a Philly. To start this series off right. Give them a chance to not just win the series, but keep the sweep alive, keep it all alive. Massive. 
outing tonight against a much better pitcher so far this year in Soroka. So it's a big one. Big series, big game tonight, and hopefully they get it started off on the right foot tonight. And um, it's just massive. And either way, on Monday we'll be back. We'll break down the series. We'll look ahead to the trade deadline, which will be days away. Who knows? Maybe something happens this weekend. Unlikely. I think they wait and see what happens before they make a real move. But regardless, it is a, a crazy important weekend, and hopefully the Phillies can come out on top again. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully the Phillies make it a wonderful weekend. And we will react to it all on Monday. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.